How's everybody doing? Good. I'm going to analyze the audience. I'm trying to see what the age ranges are before I say some of the stuff I want to say. <clears throat> okay, good. So um, my name's Jeff. If you haven't met me yet, find me and shake my hand. I really want to meet you. Um, I'm uh, who always here uh, weekend before last whenever I got to tell my story? Okay, good. Several people who weren't. That's good. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out by saying um, it's great to be here with you. I'm super excited about this. Hello to everyone on the live stream. I hope you're enjoying this wherever you are. Um, let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. And Lord, I just ask that you would stir us up. Just do a, a ninja flip, like Pastor says, on our hearts and on our minds and our soul. God, just bring everything to the surface that needs to be removed. Um, we love you. We trust you. We want the more that you have to offer. We don't want to live in the old, the old mindset, the old ways, the old patterns. We want you, Jesus. We invite you into this room right now. Holy Spirit, come into this room with us right now. I know you're here. I just say that I just ask that you bring your tangible presence and you lay it on every single person in this room. God, that we can learn from each other, we can learn from our mistakes, that we don't all have to make the same mistakes we can learn from other people's. Lord, give us fresh revelation of the truth of who we are so that we can take this thing to the to the future and maximize what you've given us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel them. I feel them already. So tonight, I really want to. I really want to just um, very briefly catch you up on what you missed on the Sunday. Uh, I'm the new executive pastor. It's been eight years in the works. Lots of prophetic words. Lots, lots of dying to self. God maneuvering me, training me, um, teaching me all the things I needed to learn just to get here. Right now, I got to a lot more to learn and a lot of growing to do and a lot more dying to self to do. If you if you remember, I talked to you about the the dirt of your the heart soil, right? The good ground. We discussed that. We talked about the threshing floor uh, grain that's harvested and the threshing floor and the process for that. And also I mentioned the milling process of the grain, grinding it up with the stone to turn it into flour. Those three things, I, I, I worked so hard to try to come up with a super awesome revelation with those, to try to tie it in with our servant, to or, uh, center to saint, you know, hang on, I got it right here. I, I tried really, really hard to tie these in. I, I was thinking, Lord, give me some awesome revelation that would be a book title, you know. But he was like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so our, our, if you will, sinner to saint, saint to son, son to servant, servant to leader. So in my mind, I was thinking 
Maybe the ground would be when you become a saint. Maybe the threshing floor would be when you're a son or daughter. Maybe the grinding at the mill would be servant and the bread would be the leader. But I don't know that that's the case. I really wanted it to be, but the Lord didn't say, yes, that's revelation. That's just me talking. So that being said, I want to walk through those areas with you. I want to talk to you about what, what has happened in my life and what that looks like and the, the joys and the pains of it. If you, if you recall, I mentioned that I, had a, uh, uh, I saw a video during worship, a, a vision, if you will, during worship a couple of Sundays ago. And in the vision, I kept seeing stalks of grain being harvested and wrapped up into bundles and taken to a threshing floor, which in the, in the olden days, the threshing floor was an area that was raised off the ground. They would take the grain. There was a lot of different ways that they would separate it. They'd put the stalks of grain on the threshing floor. They, they used to let the ox carts roll over them. The animals would step on them. There was all kinds of things they did. They would take sticks and beat them. They would even take the stalks of grain and slam them down. The goal would be to get the grain off of the stalk so that it would fall on the threshing floor. That also led the the chaff, the, the particles of the things that were wrapped around the grain to fall. And the process back then was that the, once they got the grain and the chaff on the threshing floor, they would wait for a wind to blow. The wind symbolizes for us, the wind is who? Holy Spirit, right? Wait for the wind to blow. The wind would blow the chaff away from the grain. The chaff would then be collected and burned up in the fire. The threshing floor in the Bible most often represents judgment and it represents when Jesus comes back. That's the most, the most, uh, the threshing floor mentioned in the New Testament is always about Jesus coming back and what's going to happen at that time. Everybody probably knows that or has a good idea of what that means. The last part of this is the grain, the milling process. After that service that I had that vision, I, I got a prophetic word uh, that says, I saw you working at a mill. A mill is a built... A bi- a mill is a building equipped with machinery for grinding grain into flour. The Lord says you're going to grind the grain of Rock City Church. You are the important tool to bring the grain of this church and form all into one flour. That's pretty cool, but also very intimidating. If you think about it, that's pretty intimidating. Then after the service Sunday, one of the team leaders here also said the, the flour is used to make the bread The bread is the bread of life. We are, Jesus is the bread of life, right? That's what he says in in the Bible. We are a type of that. So we are bread bread for some people. We're bread for those around us. We're bread for the people we're leading. The dirt represents the heart soil. We talked about the parable of the sower. I'll briefly review that with you. Nothing good came out of the first three types. Those three types are, I'll read the scripture, Mark chapter four, verse two through nine. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. 
But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it, was, because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let them hear. Anybody in here have an idea of what your heart soil is right now? You don't have to tell me. I'm just asking you to be thinking about that. The guy said, we don't understand what that means, Lord. So he, he broke it down for him like this. Luke chapter 8, verse 11 through 15, he said, Now this parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The word of God is the seed. I have I, I put some notes here that were in my Bible, just things that I've meditated on over the years. I said, why did Jesus use the seed to illustrate how the kingdom of God works? I need to meditate on this. And I have for many, many, many years, and I still continue to. Why did Jesus, pardon me, people can cheat a man-made system. You cannot cheat with sowing seed. You have to plant and let it grow. It takes time. Then you harvest when it's ready. I must have this. I must have the root in myself. It must be my revelation. Trials and tribulations come to still the word. Weeds are false doctrines and distractions of this life. I was talking to Kevin Lil uh, last week or the week before, and he he said to me. If the seed goes into your intellect before it goes into your heart, it will never come into harvest. And how often is it that we hear something and we try to analyze it and try to see if it applies to us and try to see what I have to do in order for God to be able to do? And I wrestled with that for many, many years. If I do this, then he'll do this, right? If then, yeah. Yeah. Which one? Oh. It, it'll be on the video. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. I'm just playing. That's my sister. Uh, it, if the seed goes into your intellect before it goes into your heart, it will never come into harvest. And a lot of times what we do, what I did, I won't speak for you, but a lot of times what I would do is I would analyze what I was hearing and what I thought, uh, what I thought the, how the Bible applied to me and what I thought I needed to do as a Christian in order for my life to be good soil, for my heart to be good soil. I'm here today to tell you that your heart soil is 
There's no, there's nothing else that makes your heart good with other than full submitted submission to what God is doing. If you're holding on to something, your dirt will be dirty. It will have rocks and thorns and thistles and be dry. It has to be a full submission in your heart. That's what it is. The good ground is a heart that's fully submitted to what God wants to do. And if you don't have that right now, that's why we're here. It's activate. I'm here to stir you up and get you to a place in your life where you say, make me good ground, God. If you've heard the story of my, my wife, she asked me, she was preparing a message. She said, what do you think about this soil type, that soil type? And I said, I don't even read that part because I just cry out to God, do whatever it takes, make me good ground, do whatever it takes. I don't care how bad it hurts. And it hurts. It really hurts. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 15 years ago, on, on I, I just realized this during worship, F- on April Fool's Day of this year will be 15 years that I've been delivered from pornography. 15 years. And, and the, you know, we, pornography is the nice way to say it, but it includes a lot of other things. And I don't want to say those two because there's kids in here, but it, it, it's accompanied by other things. Like we're adults. We understand that. So it's a, it's, it's a root and it's deep and it's thorns and thistles and rocks and all the things in your heart. And I'm telling you today, right now, if you will get this, if you're battling with pornography, I remember when one week was a, was a, was a win. I'm coming up on 15 years. One week was a win for me years ago. One month was a win for me. I would go three months and I'd be like, I'm literally one notch below Jesus, right? <laughs> and then I would lose it. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm so bad. But it's not, it's not the sin that makes your dirt it's, it's not the sin that makes your ground bad. It's the, it's the, it's not, it's just your, you have to be willing to submit it to him because this, he's, he's, he died for our sin. He doesn't even see it. He says it's as far as the east is from the west. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin, secret sin, open sin, he sees you as a person that is born again, and he sees you pure. The, the sin is gone. Now, obviously, the sin creates death. It plants seeds in the garden of bad things, and you'll reap what you sow. It's a, it, there's no way around it. I sowed bad seeds into my garden for many, many, many years. And even after I got delivered from pornography and the sexual stuff, those seeds still had to grow and be plucked and be thrown away into the fire, right? The sin doesn't make the dirt dirty. It doesn't. What makes the dirt dirty is you not submitting to what God wants to do in your life. And it's the hardest struggle I did it for many, many years. It's the hardest struggle to be in that place where you got one foot in the, in, the, in the world and one foot in the church. And you're thinking, like, I want you, Lord, but I really, really like the taste of this. And he's asking you tonight to crucify your heart, circumcise your heart. I, I fully believe 
and I don't know if, if, if anyone else believes this but me, but I believe that God uses human relationships and circumstances to shape us, to help us die to self and develop the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are a result of relationship with the Holy Spirit and the revelation of who you are. If you don't know these, they are Galatians 5.22 through 23. They are the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He wants you to learn all of those. And I can tell you right now, I, I have to learn those every day. I'm still developing them. I mean, just before coming to church, the baby threw up on me two times. And I'm like, I don't have clean shirts. You know, I'm manifesting right before I came. I have to learn the fruits of the Spirit and develop those the same way that everybody else does. Fasting is an important part of dying to self. I have had some really fun fasting encounters with the Lord. Not recently, um, but years back, I would, I would go hardcore. And it, I mean, it would... I'd have weird stuff happen in my body and spots on my skin and all kinds of stuff. And I, I came to a place where I'm probably not even healthy enough to go that hardcore anymore, right? So I'm have to get back there because it, it was fun. I mean, I would say like, Lord, I'm not going to eat or drink another thing until you answer this. And, you know, that's not biblical and that's not even what he wants you to do. <laughs> I'd be like 24 hours in going, uh, I'm pretty sure. Could you just, I'm thirsty. (laughs) You know, what's really fun is, um, my wife and I have recently had some, um, fun revelation regarding dying to self. She was, um, she, she was making some waffles for us and she heated up some syrup in a little cup and she was pouring her syrup that she heated up on my waffle. And I said, no, I don't like it like that. And she said, no, I'm, you can have it. I, I, this is mine, but I'm gonna let you have it. And I said, no, I don't, I don't like to do my waffles that way. I would rather, I have a different technique for my syrup. (laughs) right? And she just keeps pouring and I'm going, no, stop. What are you doing? And she looks at me and she goes, I'm dying to self. And I said, but that doesn't mean you take me out with you. Right? So then we're sitting there going, oh my gosh, how often are we taking out the people around us when we're dying to self? And now we have a joke where she says, if I die, you die. So, <laughs> so I encourage you to be aware of when you're dying to self in this process that you're not taking out the people around you because that's not how God wants it to work. When you die to self, it's just you. It's your sacrifice. It's your circumcision of your heart. And don't make the, the life of the people around you harder because you're dying.
I hope she's watching it. She's probably laughing right now. The process of tilling and preparing the soil of our hearts doesn't have to start in adulthood. In fact, it should start in childhood. Parents are responsible for this process. We are responsible for this process in our children to start it early. It, it, the cool thing about Rock City Church is that we have a culture where the kids are getting involved, right? They're, they're up here. People are getting slain in the spirit, demons casting out. They're getting to see all of this stuff, and it's a, and it's a cool encounter for them as they're developing. It's, it, it's helping them to see the, the right kind of soil, right? That's, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs 22 that says, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That, that scripture, I have teenagers. I also have babies, three-month-old. I have bifocals and a three-month-old. <laughs> My wife told me I win. Um, that scripture right there for people who have teenagers is very important because you can't meditate on what you're seeing in front of you. You have to meditate on what the word says and you have to still keep pouring into them, still keep tilling up their, the soil of their heart. Some children don't have a home life that's supportive and able to learn these things that we're learning and that we're teaching our kids here. And so that's why it's so important for us to have kids classes and youth and, and a place for the kids who don't have parents that pour into them to come and to learn. And I know that some of y'all in here tonight probably desire to do those things, to pour into kids. The, the classrooms and the youth are your opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity. I told y'all before I had the opportunity to go to the mission field when I graduated nursing school in 1999. Here I am. 2022, and just now back into ministry when I had an opportunity then. The Lord will bring it back around, but you don't want to wait that long. That was a long time. The threshing floor, the significance of the threshing floor. The threshing floor of my life has been pretty interesting. I've, I've had to, even after I got free from the pornography, cuss words, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the other things, maybe drinking, whatever, right? I'm thinking I'm doing pretty good. Like I'm almost one notch below Jesus right now. <laughs> but then when you, when you start dying to the, that stuff, then you actually realize how messed up you are. Right, and then you're like, "Well, I got, I got grain. I'm, I, I mean, look at my harvest, Lord." And the Lord's like, "Bring it over here to the threshing floor." <laughs> and then he's like, "Whack, whack, whack, whack." <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "And then you go, oh man, I didn't even know that. Thank you for removing that. I submit that to you. I submit the." the prejudices I have or the insecurities I have or thinking that I'm better than other people or thinking that I'm, that I'm, I have more than what they have or thinking, you know, my brother said one time that I was, I forget what it was, but it, it hurt me because I was, I thought I was like a, a beautiful Christian. And he said, why is Jeff so judgmental? And I was like, 
But then I went home and asked the Lord, am I judgmental? And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, bring it over here to the threshing floor. And I'm like, oh. So I've had to go there so many times over the years and still do. I have seven kids. I have to go to the threshing floor almost every day because I I find stuff in me that shouldn't be in me. My wife is a very dominant personality. I have to go to the threshing floor when I have feelings that I shouldn't have about her. I should love her unconditionally. (laughs) I mean, that's a word for you too. That's not just me. That's not soil. That's getting crushed on the threshing floor and the wind blowing at you. Blowing the chaff away. Burn it up. Cry out. God, burn the chaff out of my life. I don't want it. Because it, you know, it makes you feel, you can be a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, demon-casting-out maniac, and you can go and manifest in, to your wife like a total like a heathen with no God in you, right? And then you walk away going, how did that just happen? I'm, I, I thought I was... You know, you guys know what I'm talking. Hector's laughing. He knows. And then you go, Lord, what's wrong with me? And he says, just, you just need to get some of that stuff out. Do you want it out? Yes, I do. I want it out. Please take it out. And it's not, it's not like a surgical procedure with anesthesia where you're asleep. It's a, and sometimes it can be, though, because you see people laid out up here. The Lord's doing stuff on them. For me, it was more of like, you need to feel the, the, the you need, like, you need to feel the spankings. Yeah. The majority of this process is not going to happen on its own. The Lord, the Lord requires that you ask, seek, and knock. It's very unlikely that you're going to sit at home and, and be changed without asking, seeking, and knocking. And, and it's not a one-time thing. It's a, it's a constant thing. It's a... It's, a, it's pretty much a daily or weekly experience where you say, Lord, is there anything in me that I need to remove? And this concept works too for like, it worked for me for where do you want me to go in my life, God? What do you want me to do for my life? Constantly asking, what, am I in the right spot? Am I where you want me to be? Do you want me to be here at the hospital working this job? You heard it. I don't need to repeat all that. You heard it. The grain milling process. Here's where it's going to get fun. I got to take my jacket off for this. Sorry. The 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 baby spit up is the same color as the shirt. <laughs> Free hugs, yeah. Put your face right here. 
At Rock City Church, we have a very unique mixture of people. Um, I've mentioned this jokingly several times, but some are here or come to visit, and they fully believe they are one notch below Jesus, right? Some come here and they think they're worthless. They think they have nothing to offer, and some are in between all that. Everybody has to get planted into the soil of Rock City Church. The title of this message, I forgot to tell you, is called From Our Dirt to Our Destiny. This is about how we, as a group, as a congregation, step into this process of being refined and being prepared and being baked into, into cakes that will serve the people that are coming the future people that are coming and the people that are here already because everyone in here is in here as a part of the body we are the body of Christ we've got we've got a foot we've got a head elbow well Jesus is the head but we've got necks shoulders elbows feet everybody's a part of the body and if you're not in if you're not in doing what your part is then you're probably wandering around thinking what am I supposed to do here, Lord? What's happening in my life? Am I, are you, are you going to use me or not? We all have to be cultivated. We have to be watered and cared for. Those with good ground will sprout pop, proper plants and grow healthy grain right away. Those who are stony on the stony, thorny, shallow, trampled upon ground will, will require more, more cultivation of their heart. If you remember from what I've said previously, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the cleaning. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the threshing. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the grinding and the milling of the grain. If we put people into positions based on seeds that we've planted, it's risky because there's no way to know what it will look like until we see a harvest from those seeds. We have to inspect the grain. We have to make sure that it's going to be grain that's healthy enough to plant. There is um, something called a remnant when it comes to, this is something Kevin told me. There's something called a remnant when it comes to, to farming. So in the, in the old days, the farmers would sell, or maybe biblical times, the farmers would sell 80% of their grain. 10% would be their tithe. Another 10% would be their remnant. The remnant is what they would plant the next season. And so we have to be able to inspect the grain and make sure it's ready to be planted. That's a word for somebody in here. You're good grain. I don't know who you are, but you're good grain. I felt that very strongly. What's the point in all of this? How can I partner with you as the executive pastor at Rock City Church? How do I partner with you? We are a growing church, and the Lord is doing amazing things here. We got the build-out going on next door, hoping to get all that done by New Year's, and we have many more people coming. If you do the kingdom right, people will come. And we are doing it right. And we love people and we take care of people. 
So we have to prepare for what the Lord's going to do. And, and every single one of you, if this is your church, you're a part of that. Here's where it's going to get fun. The Christian walk is not about sitting in your seat with your heaven train ticket and waiting. It's about bringing heaven to earth until your time is up. The process that I've described today, the three areas that I've described, is not a one-time-and-done thing. It's a constantly cleaning your dirt, being planted, being harvested, being threshed, being separated, being ground up, being used by God according to where he has you and how he has called you. There is no better feeling on the planet than being used by God to impact a life. None. I can tell you, I've had bad days at my previous job and the Lord will give me an opportunity to pray for someone in the hallway or in a room or, and I see the power of God move and change the situation and I'm on cloud nine the whole rest of the day just like, man, if we could do this every single day of every single minute, how awesome would that be? The Lord wants to maneuver us and position us to be able to impact the lives of those around us. And I, I wish I could say that I've seen, I've seen really cool miracles, but I've seen a lot of people not get healed, and it's painful, and it hurts. And that's the, that's the price that you're willing to pay when you're, when you're going to put yourself out there and pray for people. I mean, I'm talking like... Like going into things full of faith and still not seeing it. I don't know why I went that direction, but the Lord wants us to step out. He wants us to do the things that we are not we weren't comfortable with before. Because I promise you, when you see that, when you experience it doesn't have to be a healing. It could just be praying for someone and watching their countenance change, seeing joy come into their heart. They could be giving their life to Christ. How cool is that? That's the greatest miracle of all time. He wants us to have those moments so that we can walk around like, boom, I just got used. Right? I just got used. How you doing? I got used. That's the next shirt. There's no better feeling. Context. <laughs> uh, sometimes it can be hard. It can be discouraging. Because for whatever reason, the Lord doesn't follow our own personal timetable and expectations. It, it will never, ever, ever be what you think it should be. It will never ever look like you think it should look. But stay the course. Stay involved. Stay in that on that threshing floor.
part of this process of maturing in the kingdom is recognizing things that you wouldn't recognize before. Things like uh, provision, recognizing that the Lord really is your provider. Getting to a place of, of actually giving until it hurts. That's a, that's a very touchy subject for some people. But it's okay. Because the Lord wants you to trust him. He wants you to be uncomfortable. I can tell you right now, I, I am uncomfortable in my finances. <laughs> Um, but since I made the decision to do this, I have, the Lord has miraculously brought money and I'm talking like probably like $20,000 worth of money that we didn't have. And it was some of it through family members. And I, I even told them, don't give me this unless the Lord is telling you to. And if he is, then I receive it from him. And thank you for being obedient. My minivan got paid off. Yeah. $11,000. No, now I just need someone to pay off the big white van. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting random checks from my old employer. And I'm a rule follower. So I, I email them right away and say, why is this... Um, $5,000 in my account. Oh, well, we forgot there was a, our PTO system went down and you had that money and we just didn't give it to you. And I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I received that. My, my bank account has more money in it right now, two months into this, into this position where I make two thirds less of what I made at the hospital, right? Two thirds. I, my bank account has about, has is like three times more than what it would normally have when I worked at that job. I can't explain it. Maybe my wife's just not spending as much money. I don't know. <laughs> but I said all that to say, like, you have to get to a point where you really truly believe that he is your provider. And, and Kevin uh, Prosh said last week, that's, that is very much key to what the Lord is going to do, how he's going to do it, is that we learn to be givers and we learn to, to, let it, to let it stretch us to the point where we have to go, okay, God, I know you, I'm, I'm at the point where it has to be you. And then wait and let him do it. And then when he's done, give him all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. Because he's the, he's the sustainer. Part of this process is learning how to be receptive to the direction of leadership. That could mean an usher in the hallway asking you to keep it down or stepping out of the sanctuary when you're having conversations during worship or prayer time. It could mean the children's classroom teachers asking you for a ticket when you pick up your child. And in your mind, you're going, come on, you've known me for 15 years, right? But the person behind you 
they don't know that. And we want to set a good example for the people that are coming. And we want them to know that their children are safe. And the, the tags for the children's classrooms are very, very important. I, I was a pediatric nurse for 22 years. I spent the majority of my adult life taking care of kids. So kids, and I have seven. And they're important to me. If you want to take one of them, let me know after service. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have a tag. Somewhere in this process, as we mature, we learn how to pick up after ourselves. We have, the, we have an unction of the Holy Spirit that says, hey, dude, you brought a cup of coffee in. You should throw it away on your way out. Or you had two water bottles under your chair. Maybe you should throw those out on your way out. You, you have to remember I was an usher for many, many years. And I was a head usher here previously. And so there's, there's work to be done, not just by the people who are volunteering that day. There's work to be done by each and every one of us. And that's how we build God's church. Build a church. I'm just as guilty of all of those things as, as the next person, trust me. But if you submit to the Lord and you get good dirt, good ground, you hit the threshing floor with him, you let him grind you up, I promise you, you'll have those encounters where you go, man, I, I haven't been respectful or I haven't been honoring or I haven't been reverent to the people that are here in the house of God donating their time, volunteering their time to take care of my kid or to, or to clean up my mess or to keep me safe as I walk to the car or to protect my children as they go to the restroom. He'll give you a gentle nudge to do those things, I promise. I, I, I personally have come to a place where I don't even know if it's right or not, but if I walk by a piece of paper on the floor, I feel guilty. I will, I will literally turn around and go get it because I've, I feel like I'm dying inside. I don't know that y'all have to get to that place. I'm just telling you where I'm at. Because I want to treat everywhere I go like it's the house of God. How much more so the actual house of God? So tonight what I, what I want to do as part of activation is I want to ask you right now to search your heart. Clear out the distractions and just truly search your heart. And ask the Lord, is my ground good? Is my grain threshed? Is it clear? Is, am, I, am, I, am I on the, on the millstone being ground up into pure flour? 
so that I can make a cake, so that I can be the bread of life. I can be the, the bread to someone else. Be the bread to someone around me. Be the bread at my workplace. Be the bread in the hallway. Be the bread in the parking lot. Jesus is the bread of life, and he wants us to be a type of bread. We are Christians, and we are followers of Christ. So I ask you right now if you will search your heart. Close your eyes. Search your heart. Ask him personally right now. Have I been resistant to what you want to do in my heart and in my life? Have I been resistant to correction? Have I been resistant of the process that you want me to be in? It's a beautiful process. It's a beautiful process. Heavenly Father, stir them up, God. Stir them up. Stir them up. Make us good ground. Burn up the chaff in our life. Let us be pure flour. Let us be the bread that will that will feed the people around us. And if you if you're right now sitting where you're at and you know for sure that this is something that you need to do or the Lord is prompting you, um, I encourage you to come up to the front. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a corporate prayer. It's not gonna be one at a time. I just want you to stand to your feet, come up to the front. If you're willing right now to jump into this process and to allow the Lord to really do what he wants to do in your life. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pleasurable. It's not gonna be pretty. You're gonna cry. You're going to weep. You're going to wail in pain. But not physical pain. It's more so just the pain of the process. The pain of letting go. You know what comes after the pain. Fruits of the Spirit. When you empty out that spot where you were holding that thing inside of you, you know what refills that emptiness. The fruits of the Spirit.
I just ask you to raise your hands if this is you tonight. Jesus. You're so worthy. You're so good. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given each one of us to step into our destiny to step out of our dirt and into our destiny. Thank you, God, that you have called us. What a privilege it is. What a privilege it is that you have called us to do the work of the kingdom. Lord, you see the hands raised in the hearts that are submitted to you. Come, Lord, and remove the thorns. Remove the rocks. Remove the, the weeds. Till up the ground of their heart, God. Make them good ground. Make them a place where seeds can grow. Touch their lives, touch their circumstances. Give them revelation in the moment when the stuff is hitting the fan to know, wait a minute, I'm good ground and I will plant seeds and they will grow. Kingdom operates on seed, time and harvest. Start planting good seeds. Even if you have a harvest of bad seeds, keep planting good seeds at some point you will begin to harvest those good seeds that were planted and the bad seeds will begin to become fewer and fewer and fewer the plants that come from those will be fewer and fewer and your harvest will go from a mixture of good and bad to all good God we thank you Thank you, Lord. Show them what the threshing floor is for their life. Purify their life, God. Show them the deep-rooted things. Deliver them, Lord, from the, from the sins of the flesh. Deliver them, Lord, from the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Remove the chaff from their life, God, and burn it up. Burn it up. Wind of the Holy Spirit, come and blow. Come and blow in this place, wind of the Holy Spirit. Come and blow through these lives, God. You know what we have going on next door. You know what's coming to this place, Jesus. Come and blow, wind of the Holy Spirit, come and blow. Remove what needs to be removed so that we can be busy about our Father's business. God, we want to be bread. We want to be able to be leaders. We want to be able to 
step into what you have called us to do. We don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. And I don't know what you're called to. It could be missions. It could be children's work. It could be youth. It could be ushers. It could be any form of ministry that we have. It could be just here at the local church, picking up trash, cleaning toilets. It could be anything. That's between you and the Lord. There's no pressure for you to do one or the other. You just step into what he's called you to do. And it may not be one step into being a pastor. It may be one step into sweeping floors. It may be one step into serving in the children's classes twice a month. It may be one step into being on the usher team. It may, it may be different. It may be a step of helping out with outreach ministries. And when you're faithful with a little bit, he will always give you more. He will always give you bigger and greater opportunities. And if you don't do it and you fail, don't give up. Recognize and say, give me another chance, God. Give me another chance. I know I blew that one, but give me another chance. He is the God of a million chances. And he is relentless. And he won't stop until you're in the spot where he wants you to be. And even if you take a detour, you might detour for five years, 10 years, 15, or in my case, 22. He'll bring you back around and give you another shot. So today, God, we submit our lives to you fully. Repeat after me. I submit my life to you. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, whatever it looks like, I submit my life to you. Come and do what only you can do. Prepare me for my destiny. I repent, Lord, for where I've missed it, for where I've chosen to go my own direction. But I'm here and ready to step right back into the process of refining praise you, we honor you, we magnify your name, King Jesus. God, I thank you for where you're going, where you're taking us. You're the great shepherd. We're submitted to your will. We're submitted to the process. Give us dreams and visions, Lord. Give us encouragement, Lord. Give us direction, Lord. Give us downloads on how to do this. 
I ask you, God, to bring fire-filled relationships into these lives that would help steward, help cultivate, help lead. Don't forget the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work. It's not people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the work you're doing in the body of Christ, Texas. I praise you. I honor you. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life, in my family. that I am a testimony, that we are a testimony to the beauty of the King and the power of the cross. In Jesus' name.